episode 71 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to get rid of that feeling that you're constantly swaying after getting off of a boat. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're recapping our experience on the Dice Tower Cruise. Instead of our regular segments, it's all cruise, all episode. The games we played, the activities we participated in, and everything in between. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. We've got one quick announcement before we hop into the main part of the episode, and that is that The Dice Tower, who we are a part of through our podcast, through their network, and through their video channel, they're doing their annual Kickstarter, which basically is the reason The Dice Tower exists the way it does. So that Kickstarter helps fund the six full-time employees and a number of part-time employees that the Kickstarter employ the Kickstarter that the Dice Tower <laughs> employs. Um, and if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be able to get do, to do content for them. So even though that money t- for that Kickstarter does not go directly to Ambie and I, uh, <laughs> it does help ensure that we can continue making video content for them. So we would highly suggest that you head over to Kickstarter and look up the Dice Tower the, their 2019 campaign, as of this recording, it still has a couple weeks to go. By the time this episode drops, that will be only probably a week or so left. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little, It'll be a little more than a week or a little less than a week. Yeah, I think um, the last day is like February 7th or something. Yeah, so, so you'll yeah, have a like little a bit of time. But um, honestly, even if you go drop just a few dollars, every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to hit some of those stretch goals that they have listed on there. So please make sure you go support the Dice Towers Kickstarter and tell them that Ambi and Crystal sent you because that would be cool. So for this episode, we are throwing our usual structure right out the window. It's gone because Amy and I just wanted a chance to kind of decompress and recap our experience on the Dice Tower Cruise 2019. And I I don't know if this is a spoiler, but we had a lovely time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was nice. It was so relaxing. Well, so for me, I, you know, I play a lot of games at conventions and never relax, but I decided this time I would relax and I did. So that was nice. That's <laughs> awesome. And it's good stressed. to see you do that. Because yeah, usually at cons, I'm just always kind of like befuddled by how many games you're able to play. And I'm sure you still played quite a few games on the cruise. Not not as many as I'm used to, but yeah, I, I played some and some new ones that were really fun. I think one of my favorite ones that I played was Hail Hydra, which is a social deduction game. Hidden identities. If you've played the Resistance, Avalon, or Battlestar Galactica, it's like those kind of mixed together. There's two teams, and it, this is a Marvel theme. I don't really know Marvel theme that well, but one team is S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and the other team is HYDRA agents. So S.H.I.E.L.D. are good people and HYDRA is bad. And the S.H.I.E.L.D. people are trying to protect the city and defeat the villains, and the HYDRA is trying to sabotage that. And you play cards with positive and negative values to try to defeat the villain. But everyone has to play a card, so even if you have only negative cards, you have to play one. And that's how you lie at being bad if you're bad you can play a negative card and say you only have good cards or something and everyone has a secret or a special character that has a special power so those can help give information and stuff and i had a lot of fun even though i was hydra both times (laughs) you're always a bad guy i want to be good but (laughs) yeah but that was fun (laughs) 
That's cool. Uh, it's been on my short list of like, oh yeah, I kind of want to try that sometime and I just never think about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely do still want to try that one at some point. How, uh, how long does a game of Hail Hydra typically take? It didn't take that, maybe like 30 minutes or something. I, I wasn't okay. keeping track. Uh, <laughs> so we played like the beginner game, which has fewer villains and then the actual game. And I think there's supposed to be official two-minute timers on some of the voting rounds because you can vote people to not be in the next round. So the same girl was voted both times oh. in both games. They kept thinking that she was bad when when it wasn't her. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, we weren't, like, timing it for that, but... During the rounds, there's rounds of attacking the villains, and then there's rounds in between that are two minutes with discussing and voting. So, yeah, I think like 30 minutes. Um, So most of the games that I played on the cruise were games that I have played before. Because I wanted to play with a bunch of different people, I wanted to be a good representative of the Dice Tower. I played with a lot of different people, and I was teaching games a lot of the time. So I taught stuff like uh, Las Vegas. Uh, And then what's funny is I actually taught Las Vegas, and then I taught Vegas Showdown right after it. (laughs) So we played two Vegas-themed games by a person from Vegas. (laughs) Like, people thought it was amusing. And those are two of like games I enjoy. They're both in my top hundred list, I believe. I think they're both in my top hundred. I know one of them is, but I like both of them a lot. So I taught those. I taught uh, New York Slice. I taught Catch the Moon. So a bunch of games that I really like that are pretty quick and easy. I taught those. Um, Newer games that I got to try out for the first time, I got to finally play Chronicles of Crime, which is an Mm -hmm. app-based game. And you recently talked about Detective. Mm Mm-hmm. Chronicles of Crime and Detective have kind of been compared against one another quite a bit um, because they're similar thematically. And I had said I thought Chronicles of Crime would be right up my alley. And it was. I loved it. It was (laughs) great. Uh, If you are not offended by app integration in board games and you like solving mysteries, I think this is great. I talked about it a little bit on the most recent episode of Dice Tower Tonight over on the Dice Tower's YouTube channel. So I won't reiterate a whole bunch of things. But I will say... I realized something about why I like this game or a game like this more than something like Sherlock Holmes or Mythos Tales. Everybody says, you know, app integration in games, eh, whatever. But like, so when uh, at the end of the case, when you're solving things in Sherlock Holmes, it has a list of questions that you just have to answer. And then after you've answered them, you look at the answers and see if Mm -hmm. you were right or not. And in some of those cases, so for the record, I've never played Sherlock Holmes. I've only played Mythos Tales. So you can correct me if I'm wrong that they're not similar in this regard. But like we would look at the answers and we would have something kind like occasionally we'd have something that was mostly right, but not exactly. And we kind of had to make judgment calls. Like, Mm -hmm. did we actually figure this thing out or not? And it was weird to have to make those judgment calls. Whereas in Chronicles of Crime, when you're solving the case, you're not actually like typing out words or anything. You literally, it asks you a question and you scan either the relevant person or relevant item to what it's asking you. So it's very cut and dry. Like you either know a thing or you don't, but it's still not easy to solve necessarily. So I kind of liked the definitive nature of the answers at the end. And then it gives you a score based on how many things you got right. But I think 
that aside from the fact that I just liked the, the gameplay more, I think that piece of it was something that I enjoyed. And I didn't realize it right away until I was thinking about it later. But Chronicles of Crime is great. I would mm-hmm. highly recommend it. It's very cool. And the VR glasses that you can get it separately from the main game, I also recommend. I think they're really neat. You literally just clip them onto your phone and then hold your phone up to your face and it makes it look like they're <laughs> VR goggles. And it's a pretty good experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't have to play with the VR though. Because Toby gets sick with VR. So. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so when he tried that, he got sick. But you can just, like, look at it regular on the phone. <laughs> yeah, you can, like, scroll around with your finger and yeah. whatever else. So Because, yeah, you're looking for clues in some of the different environments. But, yeah, Chronicles of Crime was good. Uh, what else did you play that you really liked? Was there any other new ones that you uh, that stuck out for you? I got to play Mansions of Madness on Oh, yeah. You, you played one of the new the, scenarios. Yeah, the, the new boat scenario. <laughs> you played a boat scenario on a boat you're on a ship that's sinking but then this one it's not cooperative there's teams so there were traders and guess guess who was a traitor uh hold on let me, <laughs> let me see uh ambie <laughs> yes you're always a bad guy <laughs> yeah so but that, that was cool the the map built out like a ship so there were there was the front of the ship and then the edges were like a ship with railing and then the sea on the side with tiles. So it looked like a ship when we built it out. It was pretty cool. That's neat. And so as far as the scenario goes, you've played other scenarios of Mansions of Madness, uh, third edition, second edition. What is it? I, what, edition, <laughs> what edition is this? Whatever the newest edition is. How, how did this compare to those? I've only played one other scenario, so I don't okay. remember it that well. Um, I, I like fully cooperative more, I think. Okay. Um, but but it was interesting because for some of the things in the app, it was giving people a choice and they picked it secretly. And then later on, it told them, it told everyone what happened or like the results of their choice. So even if they like, it could say, oh, do you want to go drown these people or like save them? And then they would pick secretly and not tell us what they picked. And then later... Even if they tried to save them, maybe sometimes something bad would happen to them. So it would cast doubt and suspicion on the on the other people, which oh, that's was kind of neat. Which was interesting, yeah. That's good. I like games where there's something specific that helps the bad guys hide, mm-hmm. at least for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, which, like in Battlestar Galactica, that's the Destiny deck that's throwing mm-hmm. random cards into each skill check. Speaking of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I had not played Battlestar Galactica in over a year. I, it, it, it had been far too long, and I got to play it on the cruise. Yay! I'm so excited, and it was wonderful. Although, I will say, um, so David Peterson, who I've played with before uh, at regular Dice Tower Con, actually, he is the one who brought it on the ship, and he had all of his expansions. And he added in some stuff from one of the expansions that I had never played with before that I was not super keen on. And I think everyone else kind of had the same opinion. I don't remember what the tokens were called, but they basically were um, status tokens. And each player started with three of them. And then there were a bunch of NPC characters seated on the board that also had one secretly underneath them. And if you were, if you ended up being a human, you wanted blue tokens. And if you ended up being a Cylon, you wanted red ones. But the only way to switch out the tokens in front of you is to go interact with an NPC. And then when a new NPC comes out to replace them, you put one of your tokens underneath the new NPC. So what sucked is if you're human, you need to get rid of the red one so you make sure you have more blue. 
But when you put a red token underneath an NPC, that means the interaction that someone else has with that next NPC is going to be a bad one because it's a red token. So like we were constantly running into NPCs and having bad interactions with them because they had red tokens under them because most of the players are human. I don't know. It felt weird. Also, the NPCs are located in specific locations on the ship. And so to interact with them, you had to go to the room they were in. So instead of going to the room you want to go to, to do an action, sometimes you would go to a room with an NPC just so you could get rid of one of your tokens. Mm-hmm. It, it, I felt like it took away from some of the core mechanics of the game in a way I did not enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. It did add an extra interesting element, but and I, I'm glad I played with it because I own all of the expansions and have not played with all of the modules. And I eventually would like to try all of them. Like even the ones people are say, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Never play with it. Like, I'm still curious. I own the content. I like the game. I want to try stuff. But yeah, I did not like them. I don't remember what the tokens are called. Oh, and there's of the, there's a whole pile of these tokens. Two of them have a blood splatter icon on them. And if you ever draw that one, except for at the beginning of the game, you die instantly. Or if an NPC has it, they are you found them and they were dead and they don't you don't interact <laughs> with them at all. And I got the blood splatter at one point. So my <laughs> character died and I had to draw a new character, which honestly oh, wow. that was kind of fun cuz that doesn't often happen. Like the games I play with people, we don't tend to just shove people out of the airlock willy-nilly, <laughs> although we should have because <laughs> there was one player <coughs> my husband, <coughs> who I knew was a Cylon and nobody believed me. And then he convinced everybody he was good. And then I started believing him because I'm gullible. And I knew no. I should have just airlocked him. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, regardless, it was a very, very fun game. And the humans were halfway to our end goal after a single round. And then the game took a long time after that and we ended up losing. <laughs> so it was fun though. And I, I was glad I got BSG back to the table because I had not played it in a while. And now I just want to play it again. <laughs> and I know it sounds like that Ambie and I might've been on separate cruises because we didn't play a lot of games together, but that's because we were trying to play with lots of different people. But we did get to play the Choose Your Own Adventure House of Danger board game together. Yes. We only got to play through one chapter. <laughs> and we played through this together because we were both on the library shift. <laughs> yeah, we were both working in the game library and we realized working it was a game we could play while we were working yeah. in the library. So we played it. And honestly, so I own it. I've owned it like since it came out. I literally like rushed to Target to buy the thing and still haven't played it. It's so funny. But I knew I was going to like it. And I totally do. I'm very excited. And actually, I think I'm going to do a live playthrough of the whole thing on the Dice Towers YouTube channel. I had mentioned this before when I was talking about doing a Fog of Love stream that I was debating between Fog of Love and this game. And now that we've played chapter one, I think this game would work really Mm -hmm. well on stream. And I would actually like set up like uh, polls for each decision and let the chat vote on where what we would do. So I think I'm going to do that if uh, you are listening to this right now and that is something that interests you. Obviously, it would spoil the game because you'd be playing <laughs> through it with me. Uh, but if that's yeah. something that interests you, uh, tweet at us or send me an email or what I guess crystal at dicetower.com is probably the best email for something like this since it would be Dice Tower related content. But yeah, like I'm curious to know if that's something that would interest people because I think I would have a lot of fun with it. And maybe I would even bring like Elissa over if she was interested to like mm-hmm. hang out with me so I didn't have to read Sorry. everything by myself. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. 
So we asked some of our show's patrons if they had any questions for us about our experience on the cruise, and they had some great questions for us. So, uh, Ambie, I will pose this one to you first. Why a board gaming cruise? Why wouldn't you just go to a regular board game convention? So I think for families that have people who have who like board games and then other people who don't like board games as much, something like a cruise is really good because the people who don't like board games as much can do cruise activities. There's a bunch of different activities on the ship for people to do. And then also when they go um, on the land, (laughs) when they dock. Ports of call. Ports, yes. Then there's activities for everyone to do together. And, but then people, there's also the board game convention, which is like a normal board game convention, just smaller. Yeah. So there's everything for everyone, but um, for, me and Toby, where we like board games, we both like board games, and we like playing them a lot. For us, we also like doing the cruise activities, so it was hard for us to, because we wanted to do both, and each doing either of them took away from the other one. Yeah, we, we had so. the same problem. Like, even though Rob doesn't play board games as much as I mm-hmm. do, we found it difficult to do all, like, I did barely any of the activities on the boat, because mm-hmm. I was like, it, I feel like... I can go on another cruise and do another water slide or, you know, trampoline yeah. thing or whatever. But like playing with these people in this moment, I'm never going to necessarily have that opportunity again exactly. And so I just, I chose to play games over do cruise activities, but mm-hmm. I do kind of feel like I missed out on some of the cruise, even though I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I tried to do both. Um, I did a bunch of cruise activities and games as well. But yeah, it's still you get that miss out feeling no matter what i think if you if you're trying to do both or if you want to do both so yeah um, yeah i think if you are yeah, like a uh, single or in a couple who both are hardcore loving games i don't necessarily think there are significant benefits to doing a cruise over a normal convention aside from i really like how Uh, In a bubble, everything is on a cruise. Mm -hmm. You've got your hotel, your dining, outside activities if you want them, and your gaming all in one place. So even if you're not partaking in those outside activities, just knowing like, here's where we do lunch, we play some games, there's dinner, games. Because I know like for me at BGG Con, I ended up like literally not leaving the hotel for the whole week, (laughs) like at all. I Mm -hmm. did not, I came in from my flight, went into the hotel and did not leave the whole time. (laughs) And A, that's weird. I miss outside air (laughs) when that happens. And B, like, it will, so here's like, it just, it takes time to find, oh, or if we want to go dinner somewhere else, you have to kind of plan that and figure out. Mm -hmm. And then if you've got more people coming, you have to logistics, whatever. And I ended up just stressed out about that. So I just stayed and ate in the hotel and played games and did nothing else. (laughs) Uh, So I like having that excuse to go eat a dinner and it's easy or go back to your room to rest. And like, it's Mm -hmm. close. All of that stuff is great. Um, And I think your point about families with both gamers and non-gamers, a -hmm. cruise is a brilliant plan. For that. Yeah, they had like childcare, daycare um, rooms for different age levels. And I heard the kids really enjoyed it and wanted to go back. Like, like right? they would be sad when the parents come to pick them up. So, yeah, <laughs> like it's really great fun. for the parents and the kids. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, this kind of, we, I guess we kind of already answered Adrian's question, though. Was it hard to decide whether to do cruise stuff or game? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, it was, hard. it was hard. The whole time, every time. Like, I went out and laid by the pool one day for, like, an hour. And, like, the whole time I was like, man, I could be playing games. But I love, like, laying out in the sun a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, you can't tell from my pasty white skin. But uh, I do actually enjoy being outside occasionally. So, yeah, it was definitely hard. Yeah. Oh, it was also nice being warm outside oh okay so i don't know what it's what the weather's been like in san francisco but like i thought i was like used to vegas winter and for whatever reason the week that i came back like vegas a was colder than usual and b it felt really cold to me i don't know if that's just because like we were out in the sun or whatever else but yeah like i've been freezing ever since i got wow it does not help that vegas has been getting down into the mid 30s Oh, so well, yeah. that's like real cold for us. And I know, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. people are going to be like, it's negative 40 <laughs> degrees where I live. I get it. But I'm not, I, I've been in Vegas 11 years now. I left the Midwest for a reason. This is cold for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the cruise was like a nice summer in the middle of winter, kind of. Oh, it was so lovely. <laughs> that's another reason to do a cruise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the weather. Although I guess if you did an Alaskan <laughs> cruise, it would be less. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do an Alaskan cruise. Uh, So Adrienne asked another question. She said, did you hear of any problems with seasickness while playing games? Um, She says that sometimes she's prone to motion sickness if she has her head looking down for periods of time. So she's wondering if that might be an issue with some people. I personally do not have any issues with seasickness and I did not experience any while playing games. Although the main conference room where we were located seemed to be somewhat centralized in the ship. I think it was toward the back Mm -hmm. end of the ship, but there's a lot of rooms past that point of the ship too. Um, So I, and I think it was lower down as well. So I feel like you don't feel the rocking as much. Yeah. I didn't feel the rocking that much. I also don't get seasick, but then, um, I would feel it when I go back to my room sometimes, or if I like sat still and thought about it, then sometimes I felt the rocking. But yeah, I don't know if anyone got that seasick because people also took Dramamine. I know some people were taking Dramamine and I think that helps. It feels like seasickness is a very like person to person kind of thing. Although I will say, like, while I don't get seasick, the first cruise I went on in September, my our room was at the very, very, very front of that ship. And we felt the movements, especially at night when we were laying down way more than on this cruise where our room was toward the back of the ship. So I would say if you are a person prone to seasickness, maybe choose middle or back of the ship, not the front. Also, when we came back from my first cruise, I literally felt like the world was swaying for (laughs) nine days after the fact. Nine days, I would literally be sitting at my desk at work and I would realize (laughs) that I was like swaying back and forth a tiny bit. And for this one, I've had almost none of that feeling at all. Like even the day we came back, I felt almost nothing. So I think that really had to do with where our room was located Mm -hmm. on the ship. Yeah, because some other people after they got off were saying that it was swaying. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where their room was. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody's has a specific sensitivity level and yeah, room location and where you spend most of your time on the ship can definitely all factor into that. Um, so it's something to be cognizant about, but it's hard to like tell per- a person for sure. Cause it seems like everybody reacts differently. Mm-hmm. One of uh, so Darth Grader <laughs> wants to know that if we ever used his favorite justification for a thing, well, I'm already on vacation, so I might as well. 
Uh, I will say I definitely did that at least once in the buffet when I got the <laughs> second round of desserts. <laughs> which is oh, why I hate I'm so now on dessert. my post-cruise diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they brought around... Uh... In the in the dining hall when we were gaming there during the day, they brought around like cookies and stuff, <laughs> and they had a bunch of dessert out. Oh, yeah, the, the desserts I... were were really good. The in the buffet, the crepes that they were making to order were so good. <laughs> oh, I'm on a low carb diet right now, and all I'm doing is thinking about crepes now. <laughs> I will take a crepe, please. <laughs> Oh, and Darth also asked if the ship moved enough to cause issues with dexterity <laughs> games. And I don't know, issues <laughs> is kind of a weird word, but it definitely affected dexterity yes. games. Uh, I posted a video on, I don't remember if it was on the Blitz Twitter account or my Twitter account. I think account. it was on the Blitz Twitter. I think it was on the Blitz Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing Min at Work, which is the one with the little construction worker meeples. And we literally, like, the, the construction worker was literally vibrating <laughs> while standing on the girder. And so I took a video of it and posted it on the Blitz Twitter account. Uh, so if you dig back through our Twitter, you can see that. Um, it did not seem to affect gameplay significantly, but there were moments where like something looked precarious and we thought it was good and then it would topple over. So it's like hard to tell whether something was just precariously placed or whether the ship had mm-hmm. something to do with it. It was an, a unique challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then his, his last question, was the cruise fairly inclusive or does it feel like an in real life app with constant microtransactions buying for your wallet? <laughs> um I would say somewhere in between. Yeah. It feels like the cruise industry in general in the past used to be you pay to get on the boat and then you never pay for anything else for the most part. Like aside from like extravagant things uh, like the spa or like alcohol, that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. But our ship specifically had a lot of food options that were... Uh, extra that you had to pay for. Um, Like they had a Johnny Rockets. They had a Ben and Jerry's ice cream shop. Mm -hmm. They had a... um, Teppanyaki teppanyaki. Yes. Oh, and I love teppanyaki, but I was like, no, I'm not doing it because I can get teppanyaki at home. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to pay extra for that. (laughs) And then then there's also the excursions that cost extra money. And there was an escape room that cost money, which I actually did pay for. (laughs) But that was only $20 a person, right? Yeah. So that's actually, as escape rooms go, Mm -hmm. pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, which usually stuff on a cruise tends to, I think, cost more than on average. So, and yeah. you and a bunch of people from the uh, board game group in general over the course of the week did the escape room, and you guys said mm-hmm. it was pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, one of the parts, one of the puzzles was broken, but they explained to us what it did at the end. So they said that like some other group had had broken the puzzle, which sucks. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. I would I would tell you to explain it to me, but since the Dice Tower Cruise is going to be on the same <laughs> ship next year, maybe I will... I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll have moved, yeah, changed the room they, at that point, but... Yeah, I don't well, know how often. They'll update it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like something they would need to do at least to some degree, but... Um, I mean, basically, the gist of all of this is we had a really awesome time on the cruise. I am looking forward to going next year. I don't think I don't know if they've publicly announced the dates. I think Jason posted about it on the Dice Tower Cruise Facebook page, mm-hmm. but I don't want to say them here just in case. <laughs> but yeah, it, it will, it, I, they said it would be in January of 2020, mm-hmm. so I can say that. Um, and I I believe I know the specific dates, but I'm not going to say them just in case. So I would say if you are looking, f- if you like cruising or are interested in cruising, and the cruise activities are what you're most interested in then maybe just go on a cruise 
But if you're a board gamer who wants to play some board games and maybe do a few cruise things, come on the Dice Tower Cruise with us next year. It's going to be awesome. I'm very excited about it already, and it's a whole year away. So, Yeah, and especially if you have a family who's interested in the cruise things and yes. not as much in the board gaming, and you want the convention feeling. 100%. Because, yeah, it's way mm-hmm. easier than dragging the family along to a regular mm-hmm. board game convention. <laughs> yeah. That's less fun for them. Give them something fun to do. <laughs> For sure. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as to get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. Keep an eye out for the upcoming Kickstarter for Sukuyumi, Full Moon Down, an asymmetrical, no-luck board game. Grey Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. If you're enjoying the show, consider becoming a patron. For as little as $1 a month, you can unlock access to unedited episodes and our private Slack channel, which lets you chat with us and other Blitzketeers directly. Head to patreon.com slash boardgamelist to become a patron today. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is a part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, we're gonna game today. Glad you're here to stay. I love it when we're gaming together. Bye, everyone. Bye. It is time for alliteration. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Worst echo ever, ever, ever. All right. In our last episode, we asked you to retheme a game about escaping a singularity for very old lizards known for selling car insurance. What game was that, Ambie? <laughs> that was Geriatric Gecko's Gravwell. This is one of that was one of my favorites. I think I really liked that one quite a bit. But this week, so don't forget the the answer is going to be three words, all starting with the same letter: alliteration. We are asking you to retheme a game about racing around an island for incredibly cheerful people who entertain the king. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>